You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. My apologies. I know it's uh, it's been a little bit here since you've heard the melodious tones of my, of my voice here on the podcast. I've uh, taken a little bit of time away from the microphone during during the holiday, and as the weather's gotten a little bit nicer... But uh, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and today I thought we would use the occasion of Daniel Jones' 23rd birthday, which which happened this week, to talk about Jones, talk about the the revamped Giants quarterback room, talk about uh, Jones' second-year development, and there's no one I know better equipped to do that than mark schofield mark joins us now how you doing mark i'm doing well ed it's great to be back with you great to hear your voice again been a while since we chatted um excited to talk a little football a little quarterback play daniel jones in year two all that fun stuff yeah so let's so let's dive right into that mark second year for jones really second year as a starter sort of blanket statement from you how important of a season is this for jones and in general how important of a season of a year is it you know year two you know for any young developing quarterback in the nfl well what's interesting is in today's game you know sort of a general statement here at the outset we've all come to understand that one of the biggest bits of competitive advantage you can get as an organization is to have that young quarterback playing early on their rookie deal when you can then afford to build around him while he's cost controlled under the cap and we you know, we've seen it you know started with say the Russell Wilson Seahawks when they won their Super Bowl and Wilson was you know on a cheap deal obviously being a third round pick he was a little bit cheaper than some other quarterbacks um, but we've seen teams then try to emulate that whether it's the Rams with Jared Goff and loading up around him the Bears with Mitchell Trubisky certainly you know the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes the Ravens with Lamar Jackson so you want to get that quarterback playing early and it's led to situations where you see that second year bump because then what happens is you get that rookie. Then sometimes teams want to make that player better by then going out and hiring, say, a Sean McVay or a Matt Nagy as an offensive minded head coach. And so, you know, it's led to these sort of second year bumps. What's different in Jones's case is, you know, similar to McVay in a sense, similar to Nagy in a sense, is now he's going to have his second year, but it's in a new offense. And, and so you want to, you know, look at his year 
with that context, with that lens. And it's hard also not to look at the year ahead from him in the lens of, lens of the current climate we're all living in. Like, he might get an abbreviated training camp. There have been no OTAs, voluntary minicamps, things like that. And so his growth this year might be held back in a sense. But it is an important season still because you hope to see that second-year bump that you've seen some from some other quarterbacks, even in a new system. You hope to see that improvement generally you know, from year one to year two. And I've often said that, you know, a rookie season for any player, particularly a quarterback, is tough because of the experience that they lived through from the end of their college career to maybe in Jones's case, you're getting ready for the senior bowl, then it's combine prep, then it's the combine, then it's the draft, then you're thrown into the mix while you're uprooting your life, you know, in Jones's case to a new city. And, and so, that gap from year one to year two, once that first season ends, gives them a chance to sort of catch their breath, figure out some things, and start preparing again. They finally get a chance to relax for the first time in a long time. And so you also see some sort of natural growth as a result of that. And the final thing I'll point out is I always give quarterbacks three years. And it's not my rule. It's a Bill Walsh rule. I mean, Bill Walsh obviously knew more about quarterback play than I ever will. Uh, but he always said, look, it takes quarterbacks three years to sort of figure it out. And so I think you want to see growth. You want to see some development. But it's not a make or break season you know, for Daniel Jones. It's a season where you want to see trends in the right direction. You want to see him cut down on turnovers and mistakes. You want to see the game get you know slower for him. You want to see his mind speed up. But it's not a make or break season or anything like that. You know, it's interesting, Mark. One of the things that, that I asked you offline, you know, when I asked you to come on today was we talk about the age 23 season. And I, I poked around a little bit just looking at quarterbacks and ages. And you talk about that second year bump. Peyton Manning, I think, is one who took a huge bump in his second season and happened to be 23 at the time. I looked at, you know, Eli Manning was 23 as a rookie. There's a couple quarterbacks in the in the current game who weren't even in the league at the age of 23. I think Carson Wentz was a rookie at 24. Russell Wilson, you know, was 24. I think Tony Romo wasn't a starter. You know, he, the former Dallas quarterback wasn't a starter in the NFL till he was 26. So, I mean, isn't it an advantage to the Giants that that Jones is already playing? That he's already got a year under his belt, you know, a, a pretty much full year of experience under his belt at at the relatively tender age of 23? Yeah, I, I do think that it's an advantage um, for the Giants, for Jones, that he's a bit younger than some of the quarterbacks you mentioned because, you know, a lot of people sort of look at age and, you know, look at some positions, whether it's quarterback, wide receiver and others and think, you know, if you come into the league and you're a bit older, that you're never going to fully develop. You you might be sort of set. You might have basically reached the peak of your development. And I think with a younger quarterback like Jones, it certainly helps to have some more growth, some more runway to your development. Um, so I think that is a huge advantage for the Giants and Jones. I, I think it's interesting to sort of look back at, you know, I, I pulled up some career numbers, some season numbers for quarterbacks in that age 23 year. And I know 
you were hoping for growth and development and we're hoping to see trends in the right direction. I mean, a guy in his second season when he was age 23 was Blake Bortles. And I know Giants fans don't want to hear that he's going to become Blake Bortles. That is Daniel Jones. But his second year, when they went 5-11, and 11, Jacksonville did, you know, Blake Bortles threw 35 touchdown passes. He still had 18 interceptions. But it was certainly growth from the year prior. You know, I think when you're thinking about the things you want to see from Daniel Jones in year two, bear it in mind the circumstances we're living in, bear it in mind that he's going to be learning a new offense. I think the main thing Giants fans want to look for is that mental side. You know, a lot of the boxes that Daniel Jones checked for me last year were on the physical side. The how he handled the pocket, you know, his competitive toughness in the pocket, his ability to make some anticipation throws, which, you know, has a mental side, mental component to it. But it's that internal play clock. You know, you see the 18 fumbles, 11 of which he lost, 10 of which led directly to points by the opposition. And there are times when it was on him. You know, when he was too slow to get the ball out, you look at that game against Arizona where he had the eight sacks and there were some of those that could have been laid at his feet. I want to see that cut down. Like, I'm not expecting perfection. And I don't think Giants fans could ever expect perfection from a quarterback. Football fans can't expect perfection from a quarterback. But I want to see that get cut down. And the fact that he has that year under his belt, he's in year, you know, the 23 um in terms of his age, and you've seen quarterbacks that have started when they were older, I think that works to his advantage. And I think that the fact that he's playing now and he has that year under his belt is going to be huge for him. And I think that, uh, you know, they, they talk about in terms of, of draft choices. They say that you really can't judge a draft class until after three seasons. And you mentioned pretty much that quarterback development for you is it more about it sounds like it's also more about playing time years of experience maybe you know getting that third year under your belt more so than it is about well he began his career at 22 or he began his career at 25 or whatever it's more about the the games that you've played than it is the the number next to your age yeah, it is. And, you know, nothing can replicate game experience, particularly at the National Football League level, you know, but even in college. And with Jones, we're talking about a guy that had, you know, some years as a starter at Duke under his belt, um, obviously came out as a senior, you know, and now he's got a year of experience in the National Football League. You know, compare that to example to Mitchell Trubisky, who just had the one year as a starter at UNC, you know, didn't take over until you know, a little bit early in his rookie season, but, you know, wasn't in the lineup as quickly as Jones was as a rookie. And you're seeing the effects of that. And so while I certainly believe that there are instances where a quarterback might need to sit for a while to sort of observe and learn, you know, I think if you look at this draft class, for example, a guy like Jordan Love is a prime example of somebody that might need to sit for a little bit. Nothing can replicate that in-game experience. You know, our, our mutual friend, the great and wise Emory Hunt, you know, talked about you know if you look at some other professions you know you don't learn how to be a surgeon by watching you don't learn how to be a lawyer by observing like it can help you at times and you can sort of learn some things but nothing replicates that actual experience of doing something and it's the same for the quarterback position so the fact that jones has that year of experience under him has that wealth of experience at duke you know that certainly helps him 
you know, because the more you do something, the better you get at it. You know, that's true in almost every walk of life, you know, not just for NFL quarterbacks. So so does this mean that I don't know everything about quarterback play, you know, because I played it in eighth grade? I mean, look, I don't know everything about quarterback play, and I played it for years, and I was awful at it. And you know how small I was at, as you were pointed out, post-combine. <laughs> yes, I so, did. Look, like, nothing, nothing, like, even played it, you know, at some level, nothing can replicate, like, stepping into a huddle, at MetLife Stadium with 80,000 fans, going nuts. Nothing can prepare you for that. You know, nothing can prepare you for lining up and seeing – you know, Vaughn Miller on the other side or Khalil Mack on the other side, knowing that all they want to do on that play is to cause you physical harm. Like nothing can prepare you for that. And so the more experience you have doing that, the more opportunities you have to face those situations, the better you will be. You know, Mark, we understand that perhaps learning a new offense in this environment as a second year quarterback is maybe not the ideal situation you know for Daniel Jones but the one thing that I don't worry about and I'm, I'm curious if, if you agree with me I don't worry about the physical skill set that Jones brings to the table I don't worry about his ability to function in a more vertical in what you would call an air Coriel based offense I, I think we saw a guy as a rookie who can make all the requisite throws. He's got the mobility, you know, to use his legs at times. I worry more about all of the the lack of of reps, the lack of being able to have OTAs and you know and things like that. I don't worry about the, the physical ability to do the things that that a Garrett offense, you know, would appear to require. You agree with that? No, I totally agree with that. You know, I think, you know, like you said, one of the things that Jones displayed last year was the athletic ability. It translated to the NFL better than I think some of us expected, myself included. And having that is sort of the, you know, I don't want to say the crutch for younger quarterbacks, but it's something you can rely on. You know, when a pocket breaks down, when a play breaks down, you know, you look at his start, you know, against Tampa Bay early in the season. You know, that athletic ability certainly played a role in that victory, the comeback win. And so it certainly helps ease the curve, ease the transition. You know, I think from the mental side of it, and I've been harping on that a bit here, and it's because it's so important, particularly when you're going to be learning a new offense. You know, there's only so much you can do to replicate what it's going to be like when you're reading that 585 concept, which is a Coriel staple, when you've got the comeback routes on each side of the field, that post route in the middle of the field, you know, whether you're going to read it versus a single cover, single high coverage, a, a too high safety scheme. You know, it's one thing to talk about it. It's one thing to think about it. It's one thing to see it on film. And it's one thing if you get a chance to even throw it against air or a couple of defenders when you can find a chance to sort of grab some of your teammates and start working out. It's another thing to let do it live. It's another thing to let do it during practice, during training camp, during a game. And so that mental side, those reps that are going to be so valuable to installing the new offense, learning the new offense, that's something they've missed out on to this point. And so how quickly they can all get up to speed and get on the same page in this new system is going to be critical to the Giants this year. You know, Mark, that's another thing that, that I wanted to get into 
Now, a few weeks ago, you know, the Giants during the offseason signed, you know, veteran quarterback Colt McCoy, you know, to be the, the backup for, for Daniel Jones. And we had a chance to talk to McCoy via conference call. And in looking at McCoy's history, he is perhaps the perfect backup for Jones in this situation that we're currently in. Because I looked back at it, Colt McCoy was a second-year quarterback during the 2011 lockout season. He was heading into his first year as a starting quarterback with the Browns that season. And, and I happened to ask him about dealing with that offseason, and he said, look, he said, I'll be honest, he said, that was the worst thing that ever happened to my NFL career, you know, basically because it it ruined his opportunity to actually be prepared. And so I, I guess the, the question comes, how do we judge Daniel Jones and how do we judge his development, you know, based you know, with, with this kind of a handicap this offseason? And, you know, that's why I said earlier, you know, there if you are expecting perfection, you're setting yourself up for disappointment here. And that would go even if everything remained constant from the end of his rookie year to right now and into the regular season. But we're dealing with a coaching change and we're dealing with a global pandemic. And, you know, sometimes real world impacts what we see on the football field. And we're going to see that this year. I mean, there's there's no avoidance. There's, you know, we'd be talking about OTAs and mini camps and things like that right now, but we're not. You know, at some point we will. And so because of that, I think it's important to sort of temper the expectations. You just want to see growth. You want to see improvement. You want to see cutting cut, cut down on mistakes, cutting down on turnovers, getting the ball out when he should, you know, reducing the sacks, reducing the quarterback hits, reducing the quarterback pressures. You know, some of it, yes, on the guys around him, the offensive line, but some of it is on the quarterback. Some of it is on Jones either not taking care of the ball, not working through his reads quickly enough, not taking advantage of what's available to him when he sees it pre-snap, but yet still freezes post-snap. And so it's not perfection. We don't want we don't need to see him be Patrick Mahomes this year. You know, we don't need to see him throw 50 touchdown passes and seven interceptions. But we need to see growth. We need to see improvement. You know, we're talking about a guy that was drafted sixth overall. We're talking about a guy that was given the keys to the franchise. So you want to be sure by the end of this next season that the guy is the guy. You know, you don't want to be in a situation like the Bears were at the end of Trubisky's second year where you're like, okay, yeah, he made it to the playoffs, but are we still are we still convinced? You know? And so you want to see that growth. You want to see him be a better decision maker. You want to see the game slow down for him. It doesn't need to be perfect, but you need to see things trended in the right direction, you know, otherwise you have cause for concern. All right, Mark, let's take a quick break here for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. And when, I, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, about the rest of the Giants quarterback room. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. Ed Valentine with you, talking with Mark Schofield. We spent the first part of the show discussing Daniel Jones. What I want to do now is turn the, the conversation to the rest of the Giants' revamped quarterback room. Obviously, Eli Manning no longer part of that. I mentioned before the break that that Colt McCoy is now the uh, assumed to be the number two quarterback, I think 10 or 11-year NFL veteran. And uh, Mark, let's start there. Colt McCoy as the number two I look at McCoy, a guy who is really a guy who has said a number of times that he would like to coach at some point, that he approaches his job oftentimes like a coach. I look at McCoy as a great signing for the Giants, a guy who who can still play a little bit and really brings experience to the table that that Daniel Jones can benefit from. Uh, You agree with me on that? I do. And, you know, we talk a lot you know, in articles on podcasts about how this is a copycat league. And we started the show talking about sort of the new copycat trend of having that rookie quarterback, expecting the year two bump, you know, put in offensive minded people around him like Sean McVay and Matt Nagy, you know, but there's another sort of trend with young quarterbacks, which is the veteran mentor backup. You know, a guy that fits that mold perfectly is Josh McCown. We saw what he did for Sam Darnold when Darnold was a rookie. You know, I'm often reminded of after Darnold's debut, that win on a Monday night against Detroit. Post game, outside the locker room, Darnold goes to hug his mom. And the, the next person his mom hugs is Josh McCown. And she even talked about, you know, what Josh was doing for Darnold. And then you saw it. With McCown last year, another guy who has said that he'd like to go into coaching, he was with Carson Wentz to sort of help Carson Wentz, who is not a rookie, not you know a second-year player, but still a younger quarterback. And I think Colt McCoy can have that sort of effect on Daniel Jones. You know, and I've said this before about quarterback play. Like sometimes when you make a mistake, the last person you want to hear from is your head coach. Like you throw an interception, you make a bad read, you're coming off the sideline, the coach is screaming at you, and that is the last thing you want to hear. That is the last face you want to see. But when you have somebody that's been there, that's been in that moment, that's made mistakes, that voice can be helpful. That voice can be calm. And that person that can come over and say, look, I I think I saw what you saw. You you saw them rotate to this, right? You saw them jump to this, right? This is why you made that throw, right? I understand. Like, uh, I've done that the same way. 
that can have an effect on you. That can be beneficial for you. You know, constructive criticism from somebody that you feel is in a sense a peer rather than sort of a authority figure that can help you, you know, and I, I think back to my days when I would make mistakes and come off the field and, you know, and one of the other quarterbacks is saying, yeah, you know, this is what you probably saw. You know, this is probably why you did that. Is this what you were thinking? That was more helpful to me than a coach screaming in my ear or a coach just sort of like glaring at me and, you know, whatever, you know, so the impact of McCoy on, in that sense on Daniel Jones, I don't think it'd be understated. You know, certainly McCoy has the ability. We've seen it in his past where if the starter goes down, like he can come in and give you, you know, 70, 80 percent, whatever of the starter. Like he has that ability. And with his experience, he's not going to need a ton of practice time, you know, under the new practice rules on the CBA. Having a backup who doesn't need to take a ton of snaps during the week is huge. Um, But it's the impact or at least the potential impact on the development of Daniel Jones, which I think is critical to this entire acquisition, because let's face it, getting Daniel Jones to play at a higher level is a primary job for everybody on the offensive side of the staff, everybody on the offensive side of the roster, you know, whether it's a wide receiver, whether it's a tight end, whether it's a left tackle, whether it's a backup quarterback. Like this guy is the guy that's go hopefully going to bring you to where you want to be as an organization. So you need that buy-in from everybody. And I think Colt McCoy can help his growth, which is what this team needs. All right. You know, Mark, another guy that's been on the roster the last couple of years is is Alex Tanney, veteran journeyman, backup, good guy. Um, but, uh, you know, Giants fans keep keep wondering, you know, how does this guy keep his job? How does he stick around? What does he really bring? Pat Shermer used to talk about what he brought to the room. And it seems like, you know, as you've talked about a little bit, it seems like that really is Colt McCoy right now to bring those sort of intangibles, that veteran experience to the quarterback room. I actually want to talk about maybe the two young guys on the roster who who could knock Alex Tanney off the Giants, you know, 53-man roster. Talk a little bit about uh, – about Cooper Rush and Case Cookus. Let's talk about Rush first. You know, coming from Dallas, does does he bring does he bring anything to the Giants really other than the fact that he probably already knows the Jason Garrett offense? Does he bring a guy who who can actually play a little bit? I mean, Rush can play a little bit. If you paid attention, to say, to Cowboys Twitter over the past couple of years, you probably saw that there were, you know, pockets of Cowboys Twitter that were very impressed with Cooper Rush. You know, when I studied him both pre-draft a little bit and then more after he was, you know, added to the Cowboys via the, you know, that draft season, you know, you saw what people saw in him coming out. Like, doesn't have a huge arm, but can make some sort of time and anticipation throws. But I do think you're right. At the main thing that he brings to the table is that experience in Garrett's offense. You know, that's going to give him a big advantage heading into camp, particularly again. And I keep bringing this up, given the sort of realities of the day we're living in. You know, if you're an Alex Tan, if you're a Case Cook, if you're a Cole McCoy. You don't have a ton of familiarity with Jason Garrett's offense. Cooper Rush does. Like he's going to be very familiar with what Jason Garrett's going to be calling. You know, there's not going to be a struggle in picking up the new terminology. There's not going to be a struggle in picking up some of the reads that will be different. Some of the pass routes that might be new for some of these other guys won't be new for him. 
Um, so I do think that gives him a certain advantage. And we're seeing other teams make similar moves. I mean, the New England Patriots, everybody said James Winston, Cam Newton, maybe they draft a quarterback. They bring back Brian Hoyer, who, not an all-world, all, you know, Madden type of quarterback, but he knows the offense. He's run it before. And so if we're going to get, like we expect, like we're seeing, that abbreviated training camp in Princeton, having a guy that knows your system inside and out, is going to be helpful to your roster. And so I think that's the main thing that he brings to the table is that experience with the playbook. And does that help or can that help Daniel Jones? Can that help Colt McCoy as well? It certainly can. I mean, it's that similar thing. Like, say, for example, during training camp, you know, Jones is running a pass route that's new to him with some new terminology and new read structure. And he just reads it wrong, makes a mistake, comes off the sideline, you know, with people screaming at him or whatever, you know, Cooper Rush would say, look, man, you know, this is similar to this, or this is what you're looking for on that play. Like it's again, that sort of peer that has been there before. Um, so that will certainly have a benefit. You know, it could have a, a, be- a similar benefit to Colt McCoy as well. Like, yeah, you know, it's, this is that route concept this is what you're supposed to be reading these are the things that i'm looking for you know i know i'm not a veteran but i've got some experience in this and so that will certainly help you know quarterbacks we have this sort of common bond you know it, it can be a lonely position at times it can be a position filled with anxiety and mistakes and you know sometimes it's hard but you know, anybody that's sort of been in and around a quarterback room, you know, when you get those moments after a play or those moments on the sideline, when you talk things out, you know what you can draw from those experiences. Those are sometimes, you know, when I think back to my, again, I was a bad quarterback. So I had a lot of those learning moments. Um, but I do think that a lot of the stuff that I learned along the way was thanks to God, guys like Kevin Cornish and Jake Fay and Rob Bass, who were my teammates, my qu- quarterback brothers that, you know, pointing things out to me when I made mistakes. And so, you know, having a guy that has been in the system, that has been in this offense, that knows the playbook, you know, has more experience with than you, can be that sort of guided like and be somebody that can sort of educate you along the way. And it is beneficial whether you're a Daniel Jones or a Colt McCoy. And finally, Mark, you know, Case Cookus, I know we had you do a, a quick breakdown of, of Cookus when the Giants signed him, but uh, my – I guess my question is, is he more than a camp arm or can he be more than a guy who just sort of hangs around on a practice squad? You know, Can he be a guy who eventually becomes a real NFL sort of backup quarterback? I think there's potential there. Um, I say this as somebody that covers the Patriots and is a Patriots fan. Like there's always – you know, we always, and especially people who cover the draft, we always get excited about sort of the late round UDFA types. There's always this idea, this belief that, you know, they're going to find a diamond in the rough. And a lot of times these really are, for lack of a better phrase, camp arms, camp bodies, guys to fill out the 90 man roster for training camp. Um, but with Cookish, you do see when you watch him on film. Some of the reads, some of the throws, some of the process and speed, some of the aggression that you want to see from veteran quarterbacks. You know, uh, you look at the film breakdown I did when he's attacking the holes in cover two, when he's attacking downfield, when he's looking safeties off. Like that's stuff that we want to see from Daniel Jones in year two. You know, and he's doing it at the college level. 
you know, I, I do think that in his particular case, there is an injury history. You know, he had a medical red shirt. You know, he's a bit of an older guy. So there's some injury concerns there to think about. And he's entering a quarterback room that has a number of bodies ahead of him. You know, Colt McCoy, Alex Tanney, you know, Cooper Rush. And so I, I think it's a long shot for him. Um, but there's a reason he's in a training camp. There's a reason he's on an NFL roster right now. It's because of the flashes that he showed during his time at Northern Arizona. So the potential is certainly there. I think that the odds are long. But I think that the potential is there for him to do enough where if he doesn't stick with the Giants, he'll find himself a way to a practice squad on another squad. Um, and he has that ability. He has that foundation, those foundational traits that I talked about, that he could stick in this league for a while. I do think that. All right, Mark, as always, we appreciate your insight. You know, you might have you might have been a bad quarterback, but you're a great quarterback analyst, and we always appreciate having you on. Well, I mean, it's like that expression, right, Ed? Those who can do, those who can't teach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother was a teacher, so I, I can sort of use that expression. But, I, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't quarterback myself, but I can talk about it a little bit. All right. Hey, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your insight. Giants fans, thank you very, very much for uh, for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.